0: Austin Jackson Bank looks up, you can put it on the board,
1: Taves center for Kane, he scores! Oh, Patrick Kane set up by John of the Taves! The dynamic oh, duo comes God. through in overtime! Hawks wins! Looking,
0: finds Rose, Rose trying to get open, fires away!
1: everybody, and welcome to a new weekly episode of the CloudGate Sports Podcast. We have got a shit ton of stuff to talk about, and uh, might just want to give a warning to our young listeners about the Bears segment. It is going to be a rough one, but after the Bears segment, of course, we're getting into a little baseball. Baseball opening day is two weeks away, which is awesome to hear. Also, with the Blackhawks, is the panic button getting pressed? Is the cover opening. We'll get into that. They are playing right now. Uh, The Bulls continue to play very well. And, of course, March Madness is uh, starting tonight. So that'll be awesome. Uh, Some games are underway. So let's get into it. PT, take it away with the Bears. Let's just go through the suffering together.
2: Yeah, before we jump into the complete negative stuff, um, let's touch on some other. uh, So free agency started on Monday. Um, stuff kinda of went crazy. Like the biggest thing to note I would say is No, uh, uh P T we
1: got we we got breaking news and I think we gotta get yeah, into it right away. The Chicago I Bears can't. have given Akeem Hicks permission to seek a trade. If that I, I like what would be this team if we trade Akeem Hicks?
2: I, I honestly I <laughs> speechless right now um i just don't know what to say about this team anymore and greenberg Um,
1: tweeted it out too and that's a very reliable source yeah yeah
2: greenberg's a very reliable source um i'm gonna be honest with you guys i'm it's it's getting to the point where like i even guys told you before we started this that like after all this kind of stuff after signing andrew andy dalton um i kind of stopped following what the bears are doing um, I, I kind of lost interest, um, and it's just it just keeps on getting worse and worse. And I and I think we've like, well, when does it stop? Um, when you guys start to hear about on national media platforms about how people feel bad for the Bears fan base, you know it's bad. Um, it, 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 this this fan base in this city has been beat to pieces um, by having. Uh, great years and then just nothing to show for it i mean it's just it's just i mean i'm actually speechless right now because i thought this was one of the untouchables on our defense um yeah he might have been traded away for russell wilson but that was a special case Um, he
0: wasn't he wasn't in that package okay so the two stars the two stars was roquan and kyle four yeah and fucking
2: disgusting i I honestly boys I, i i honestly like it's it's getting to a point here um Where we're asking, what are they doing, and what is the plan here? Um, My guess is, right off the bat, if they're letting people seek trades, um, the guy be getting draft stock to trade up and get a quarterback, Um, get up in that first ten to get a good quarterback, and that's the only thing I can think of right now. Um, So we'll just we'll just start going through shit. Uh, The first disappointing news is that there was news came out that the Seahawks weren't going to trade. Russell Wilson. So that shut us down immediately. We got our hopes up so high. Um, and I think we 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 always tell ourselves not to get our hopes up, and I think this is the highest I've had my hopes up for um, a team uh, for from one of my favorite sports teams in a long time, probably um, since they, the
1: Machado Harper sweepstakes. Correct.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And and they just came crashing down. I w- I was all in. I was willing to give up so much just to get a franchise quarterback. And when those news came out, I was heartbroken. Honestly. Um, I thought it was destined, and it just, it just didn't happen. Uh, we'll, we'll give you a little details. I'm sure everyone's heard about it already. Uh, but what the Bears offered the Seahawks were three first-round first round picks, a third-rounder, and two veterans, presumably Hicks and Fuller. Uh, or no, Roquan. We just said Roquan, Smith, and Fuller. So th- <laughs> that's a load, boys. And that just shows you what what pace and nag are willing to give up for a quarterback right now. Um, and I think now that we didn't get the Seahawks, we're starting to see more desperate, uh, desperate things going because now they want to trade up. It's, I'm guessing these are moves to get draft stock to be able to trade up to get a quarterback in this year's draft. Um, so that was an ass kicking, um, and then turns right around and we we learned that we we signed Andy Dalton to one. The year red yet.
1: rifle, baby.
2: And you know, I, I don't I don't think that that could have made us feel happy. I don't think that made us feel any better about the situation. I think everyone was hoping now that Mitch would, would have came back, um, and we'll touch on him in a little bit as well. Um, but it, it it's just it, we're getting we're getting kicked in our ass and it's starting to hurt um, to a point where I think the fan base is gonna it, there's gonna be a little bit of a dent in the fan base. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know what the future plans are. And it all started with this press conference at the end of last year's thing, and no one no one really had idea what we we're doing with our off season. Um, And it's just kind of been a fucking shit show ever since Um, to continue to move on uh, Kyle Fuller has been released another surprise move didn't see it coming from anywhere Um, and the only reason behind that is because it was due to cap issues every team's kind of dealing with right now um, and that just sucks ass it's so bad. Um, that was the, one of our issues, kind of coming out of this season. We're going to have to draft on the cornerback because Jalen Johnson and Kyle Fuller. We need a little bit more depth there. Now we're now we're absolutely fucked. Um, and now I think, which is the most concerning to me right now, is Cordell Patterson is definitely not going to be a Chicago Bear next year. Um, he's he's taking all his pictures off as a Bear anywhere. Um, he's going to need money, and it's just it's it's it's, I, it's, it's any road we go here, it's it's, it's just a shit show, dude. Like I mean, no-
1: it literally. Everything's just going down the drain i i don't I don't see any positives the The last twenty four hours has been absolutely fucking brutal. We went from we're gonna get Russell Wilson if you would have asked ninety percent of Bears fans if they felt that Russell Wilson deal was gonna happen i I would have said I definitely would have said yes. Yeah. I thought there was no way that we weren't gonna walk out with uh without Russell Wilson. Now we have Andy Dalton, we lost Kyle Fuller, we're losing Cordero Patterson, we lost Mitch, which is whatever, and now we're Akeem Hicks is on the block. I And then,
2: not to, not to mention Allen Robinson has not signed his franchise tag and now I'm starting to think he's just not gonna show up this year and just not play if he doesn't
1: I wouldn't if I was him.
0: So, I have a quick piece to add on that. Like As of like, 20 minutes ago, I just read an article that since Kenny Galladay did come and visit with the Bears this morning, A-Rob is more inclined to sign that franchise tag. If I'm assuming if Kenny makes it to Chicago, Allen will sign. If Kenny doesn't, then Allen's out. That's based off the article I read. Granted, you have to take everything with us, especially when it comes to Chicago sports media. Especially with the Bears, you have to take it for a grain of salt. I, I
1: don't see us signing Kenny Galladay, though i don't
0: yeah where where do we gonna get the money from? We can't afford like how far we we were
1: i get our I get that he's a Saint Rita kid he grew up in Chicago in in his mind, he's probably like, man, I would love to play, pay for the bears, but when the giants pay extra couple million, I don't think that he's really gonna care. I think he's gonna end up in New york
2: yeah i I just I know it. i I was kind of surprising me as well. I mean one coming into the same division um and then I just he wouldn't be a, the wide receiver one obviously it's going to be Allen Robinson and the whole the whole kind of what Pat just said about Allen would stay if if Galladay comes kind of doesn't make sense to me either um I, I don't know it's very confusing I am literally so lost right I've never been this lost with any of any of my sports teams right now it's, it's literally like Everything I knew about, like, sports and how I thought they worked is out the window right now. And I'm just lear- – re- I feel like I'm relearning everything. Like, is this how you're supposed to run a team? Is it, you're supposed to make their fans just feel like shit and everything else? Like, I don't know. It's, it, it's really it's really hitting home. Um, and I know you guys aren't feeling well about it either. No. Um, also, I think the last thing I just – because we're running through our news right now, and then we'll kind of get into some deep conversation. Um, but we touched on it. Mitch uh, signed a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills. He'll be the backup to Josh Allen. Uh, maybe have some uh, some read option uh, plays put in for him if he needs it. Uh, but he's he's, he's going to be a great backup. I think that's his role, and he kind of found that out. Uh, but I think he'll he'll do great in Buffalo. But you guys, I know I kind of touched on how I feel about this whole Bears situation right now. You guys. Let it out, guys. we got to let it out. You can't keep it inside. It's so shitty, man. It's so shitty.
1: Yeah, I mean, it feels like we were in Club Dub yesterday, and everything has just flipped upside down. I was scrolling through Twitter today, and a bunch of Bears pages that I follow were posting Club Dub videos, and that feels like a decade ago. It feels like it was so long ago. It doesn't feel like we're even close to the same team. But PTU said it best. I'm just so confused on what direction we're going in here. I don't know if we're going to try and win with Dalton. Uh, I don't think Nagy and Pace really understand that if they do shit this... Well, I don't know. I, I feel like if they don't do anything this year, they'd be gone, but... I don't know. Maybe they're telling him, hey, we'll give you another shot with uh, quarterback you draft, and then we'll just go down the same fucking road again. Uh, it really hurts me that Cordero's going to be gone. Uh, that was a big uh, big energy spark to this team, and he was great with the fans. Uh, like,
2: what, like What a kick in the face to Cordero Patterson, too. This man just sir, sold how about them bear shirts about a month ago.
1: Yeah, about a month ago. dude, he Not was three. fucking talking to people about coming to the Bears less than a month ago, and then he tweet, then he tweeted out, you know, yeah. looks like I'm gonna be selling or whatever he said about himself, and now, now it's just it doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. Mitch, I, I I'm gonna be rooting for Bills Mafia this year. I want to see Mitch do well in his role. Uh, I do know that some people were saying that. They'd rather have Mitch instead of Andy. Uh, We'll get into it a little bit more, but I really feel like Mitch just wasn't even an option. I don't think Mitch even wanted to come back. I think that you couldn't have paid him enough money to come back. I think he likes his role now as a backup. Uh, He's going to make good money as a backup. He's probably one of the league's top backup quarterbacks right now after all the time that he spent as a starter with the Bears. Pat, you're making a face. You could you could talk about it so, a little bit. It, so that's what I'm saying. So from the
0: reports I saw, Mitch signed a ten or a one year deal for ten million dollars, right? So he's gonna uh-huh. be a backup back quarterback for ten million. We signed Andy Dalton for a ten million, ten million dollar deal with three mil uh additional in incentives. Our current so he's not the highest back, paid backup quarterback. So you wanna know who the highest who probably is highest paid backup quarterback? Nick Foles is Nick Foles, who we have Seventeen million dollars tied up in. We have fucking twenty-seven million dollars tied up in two shit-tier
2: quarterbacks. Our, our our backups making more than our starter right now, supposedly. Yeah, <laughs> that's a so, joke.
1: It is a joke. Uh, but just kind of finishing up on a couple things. I feel like the Bears also kind of got things flipped on them. Uh, I know that it was they found out Russell Wilson wasn't available anymore. And then they went after Andy Dalton. If this would have happened a day or two earlier, I feel that we very much could have Fitz Magic as our quarterback instead, or a guy like Brissette. Uh It's tough, but we just got to deal with it for now. Uh, Andy Dalton's our guy. Uh, the Bears did tell Andy that he was going to be the starter. Uh, also a little bit of a slap in the face to uh, Nick Foles, who probably thought he was coming here to be a starter as well. So... I don't know. The bear it's fucked up. Uh, it's the most confused I've been with a team. Uh, it's I, I I'm torn with this team, honestly, and it's it sucks.
0: I don't even know where to start. Like I, I I mean, I've gone through like probably the same with you guys. Like I've gone through an absolute roller coaster of emotions over the past forty eight hours. Or yeah, probably forty eight hours. I'll start with Kyle Ford, the most recent news. He's cut for cap issues, I think after we cut them, we're, we're getting like $14 million left in cap, which is a problem, like you said, the problem that every team is facing the NFL due to the uh, salary cap dropping because they obviously didn't have any revenue last year. Um, I'm assuming it's pretty, from what I've seen, it's going to be pretty consistent throughout the league. You see a lot of these guys signing one-year deals because I believe the NFL just signed off on their new TV deal for like $110 billion, which I think starts next season. So imagine the cap to jump a lot. So these guys are just doing one year deals, and they're going to go try to chase the bag after the season, which I respect. Um, my thing though is, why couldn't we trade Cal? For I think at the end of the day, like it, it comes down to cap. Where uh, you know, if you're going to trade for somebody for Cal, for you're going to you're going to be taking cap back on. So it's not going to make much sense logically. And granted, I, I'll preface this by saying I know nothing about cap space. It's literally the most confusing thing in every sport for me. Why couldn't we restructure his contract? I mean, Cleo Mack did. Uh, Eddie Jackson did. And somebody else did too, I believe. Why couldn't we restructure his contract? Why are we paying Nick Foles $17 million? Why, why, make him fucking restructure his contract. Why are we going to give Andy Dalton $10 million when we know we can keep Kyle if we maybe give him 5 or 6 Why aren't you... Why aren't you Why aren't you making Robert Quinn restructure his contract? Why are you cutting Kyle Fuller over Robert Quinn? Like, if you have to make that move, you have to look at your power rankings and let's see let's let's see who's been a pro board for our team for how many years and has been not. I would say Kyle's had his up and downs. I mean, can you consider him a lockdown corner to a certain extent, yes. Last season, definitely not. That 2018 season, though, he was an absolute ball hawk. Why, why are you cutting him and not Robert Quinn, who did absolutely nothing for your team and is literally just collecting a paycheck and not doing shit? So that concludes my round of Kyle Four. Let's go to... Um, let's dive into this trade. I'm going to say this. I'm happy this trade with Russell Wilson didn't happen. And the reason why... And I think I'm going to jump on Eddie Barstool's uh, reasoning why is I don't want... Pace and Nagy leveraging our future on Russell Wilson. I don't want to give up Roquan Smith. I would have, I mean, Roquan was my untouchable. I'd rather go picks over than Roquan, honestly, in my opinion. So I'm kind of happy this trade didn't happen. However, at this point in time, like, you sign Andy Dalton, I get that. Like why? I just don't get why. Like at this point, I would have rather have had Nick Foles on the field and us maybe keep not we don't sign uh, Andy Dalton. We have Nick Foles be our starting quarterback. We have uh, Tyler Bray be our backup, and maybe we still have room to help Kyle Ford and keep him here. Where like why are you signing Kyle or Andy Dalton and telling him he's the starter right away when the whole point you brought on Foles last year was for competition with Mitch? Two, if you knew you wanted Andy Dalton, why the fuck didn't you sign him last year for three million dollars before you went to the Cowboys and now we don't have Nick Foles and we have Mitch and Andy Dalton last season? Like Pace just isn't thinking things through and it's so evident at this point, like he I don't like nobody knows what the fuck we're doing. Like here this so I'm gonna conclude this right here. This is what scares me the most is the moves the Bears are making, signing Andy Dalton, letting Mitch go. Letting Cordell Patterson probably go at this point too. Letting Kyle Fuller go. Letting Akeem Hicks seek potential trades. These are not the moves of GMs that are on the hot seat.
1: Agreed. Like I agree. 100%. They're not.
0: They're not moves that GMs are making when they're on. if you're if your ass is on the hot seat, you're doing everything under the sun to get a guy like Kenny Galladay. You're doing everything under the sun to make it. Allen robinson happy you're doing everything under the sun to keep kyle Fuller in a bear jersey you're doing everything under the sun to try to navigate some sort of a way of having a decent quarterback that's not andy dalton and not nick foles this is why i'm scared that the reason why they're doing this shit is because they have their job at least ryan pace has his job locked up that's what i'm thinking first if anybody's going to go Go next season. I feel he's going to be Neggy. It's not going to be pace, and give pace another shot with this draft. And that's why they're not trading any draft capital. And that's why they're trying to get rid of Hicks and try to bring in more cap or uh, draft picks that way. This is what scares me the most: is these are not moves that a hot seat GM is making. And I- I'm absolutely fucking terrified with what ha- what's going to happen with this team. But I mean, the thing that sucks too is first season after COVID. There's going to be fans at the stadium come. Football season in the fall.
1: They're gonna get People booed are gonna so bad. bad. They're People gonna are get. Gonna,
0: but the other thing though is, it does. Who gives a fuck? If they're gonna get booed. The I mean, Cassie is still gonna be getting a paycheck because the If if you're able to sell out the entire stadium, it's gonna be sold out.
1: Oh People yeah, are just
0: pay money simply just to boo. They're gonna get the paycheck no matter what. Yeah, and it's just at the end of the day, like. Do they think they're doing a good job? Like, how does Ted Phillips and McCaskey and Pace and Nagy look at each other and be like, "Hey, we're doing, we're doing good here"? Because they're if fucking If you have some, moron. if they have some sort of a plan, if they have some sort of a plan in the in the works, you need to give the fans some sort of a hint. I know you can't obviously tell every, tell us everything because you're, you're trying to have a competitive advantage over the other teams. If you have some sort of a plan, you need to give us some sort of fucking hope because people are going to start rioting on Soldier Field, if if we just suck ass next year.
1: Do you know what I I think will be the the tell? This is what will be the tell. If they're going to tell us what their plan is, it's going to be an Akeem Hicks trade for draft capital. I feel like that will be the tell of they're going to look for the future, get draft capital, get a good quarterback early draft. And if that doesn't happen, then... This team's just an absolute fucking shit show, and we have no direction.
0: I'll close it with this: if we don't draft a quarterback in this draft, I'll seriously consider like my my loyalty to this fucking franchise. Yeah. If we do not draft a quarterback, and I, when I say draft quarterback, I, Mac Jones, if he slips to twenty, fuck it, I'll take him. Trey Lance, here from North Dakota State, I'll take him too. If we don't draft a quarterback in this first round, whether we're at our number 20 pick or we do some sort of a trade to move up, this team has zero direction, and we will be going nowhere for any time soon, and us Bears fans are going to be stuck in the same cycle
2: till I don't even fucking know when. Thank you. God damn it. I I don't know. Like, obviously, our listeners can't see. um,
1: We look miserable. We, We look miserable.
2: But I came into this podcast... Um, not in the worst mood. Um, just running through the stiff, kind of just talking about it. Um, and I'm sick to my stomach right now. I've never felt this way about my favorite sports team, probably in the whole wide world. Um, and I honestly, like, I'm I'm trying to think of things right now, just like what what they're doing, um, what next season is going to look like. Uh, my dad's been a season ticket holder, uh, for the past. Uh, 15 plus years, and I just texted him. I said, "I hope you didn't re- renew your season tickets this year." And he said, "I didn't." Um, it, it, it literally is. It, it's turning into a shit show. I mean, all this stuff is developing right in front of our faces as we're doing this podcast. A Jackson is tweeting, like, people, which he deleted, that,
1: which he just deleted too, which is interesting. I,
2: I, I just don't like. This is this is like the we're turning into a laughing stock of the NFL. I, I mentioned a couple months ago um, when the season ended that. The one thing I would really get concerned about is when we lose the locker room and stuff like this starts to happen. And then um, the Russell Wilson stuff and the Sean Watson stuff started to come around, and we're like, "Oh, we're we're gonna be fine." People want to come here, right? And then it's just an atomic bomb has been dropped over Soldier Field in the city of Chicago. Um, and I'm I'm speechless right now, boys. I, I literally am sick to my stomach. Uh, it just doesn't look good. Nothing nothing is making me. I don't even know what to say. It, it sucks. It literally sucks, man.
1: Yeah. So let's let let's be done talking about the news. Let's get into Andy Dalton a little bit. Uh, yeah, do that. Yeah. Let's talk about Andy Dalton a little bit. Uh, he he's not a terrible quarterback. He's okay. Uh, let, let's think of the positives here. Uh, he's got more experience than Mitch does, so maybe that'll. But seriously though uh, I'm Fuck we're going to get negative again Uh, So the Bears went from Getting Nagy And trying to be the Kansas City Chiefs Then we got Nick Foles And we're trying to recreate What happened in Philadelphia And now we got Laser And Dalton Who were teamed up together in Cincinnati I I do not feel good about this not whatsoever. I just I don't know. I don't know. You guys, you guys take over because i I've well, lost.
2: So here's my whole thing about Andy Dalton. Um, there was someone. There was a stat lines tweeted out um, when the Bears signed Andy Dalton. He uh he's he had a worse year than Mitch last year, and I I don't know how many games Andy fully played last year.
1: He got hurt um, too, didn't he? And then Dallas had to go to like their fourth string quarterback.
2: Yeah, yeah, he did. But he still, did. I mean, it's just like it's a stream of mediocrity. There's nothing. There's no improvement. Um, and if anything, it's not even mediocrity. It's it's below. It's below average. Um, my own my only thing that's coming out to me is that, the, and then while what a lot of people are talking about too are, that we we have to be looking to trade up in the draft and get a good quarterback. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, and that's the only thing I can really explain right now. But back to Andy Dalton, um, I kind of agreed with someone someone's tweet about how um, someone said how bad he's going to be, and there's like D- don't worry, he's going to be out by the s- second week and the third quarter or something, and Justin Fields is going to come in. So I don't know. It- it's it's going to be interesting. I-, I think this might be a whole Mike Glennon thing again. I I don't know. I honestly because do- I don't know. I haven't seen enough from Andy Dalton in the past. Like I mean. It's been how many two or three years since he's like been like a legitimate starter. Um, so I have no, I have no clue about him.
1: I mean, I, I'm looking yeah, at a yeah. graphic right now from ESPN uh, that was put on Twitter. Since 2017, they compared these two quarterbacks. Mitchell Trubisky has a uh, better completion percentage, yards per attempt, QBR, and a better touchdown-interception ratio. Uh, so I don't know. I guess we'll uh, see what the red rifle can do for us.
0: Well, I would imagine that Mitch definitely has more games played in that statistic that you just read off to. That's true. That's um, true. But I mean, I'll say this: like people are saying, like Rowan, right they sign Andy Dalton, they're like people are trolling Chicago fans, like oh, he's already like the third best quarterback in Bears' history. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Like we know that. But when he was good, when he was putting up big numbers, he had AJ Green in his prime right beside him. So, he had the star-wires here that wanted to play right beside him.
1: Yeah.
0: It, this Bill Lazor shit, like, you guys were trying to spin the spin zone this where he's back with his offensive coordinator. Dude, no, it's not going to make a difference. No. Like, we have Cody Whitehair. We just re-signed Jermaine Fetti, who is, I would imagine is probably going to be kicking out to the tackle position based off what I heard from Red Island Radio this morning. I mean, it, Andy's going to be – it's not going to be funny, man. It's not. Like – Am I, and I in this thing too? Is I'll go ahead and say this too. And I, I would imagine you guys are going to agree with me on this point. We're not mad at Andy Dalton.
1: Oh, Andy fuck Dalton's no. a great guy. Absolutely not. He, yeah. He's a
0: great guy. He's getting thrown into the fire right now. I
1: don't think. He, of I don't think he face. realizes like what he got yeah. himself into. Because at the press conference today, he was looking all happy and shit, and people were not happy on Twitter. Uh, I will say this: uh, I was looking at his numbers from twenty nineteen uh which was the last time he started for Cincinnati uh he threw for 3500 yards 16 touchdowns with 15 picks so i don't know i guess we take what we can from that but it's it's going to be a difficult time pat you said it best we're not against Andy Dalton whatsoever we hope he performs well but we're we're against the front office we're against all those guys we don't know what they're doing it's we're lost. We're lost here. We're lost, Bears fans.
2: Yeah, it, it sucks, boys. Um, I don't have anything else to talk about the Bears right now. I think we need to recover next week. I think we can jump into a little bit more things, kind of less the dust settled. Do you guys have anything on the Bears right now? we got some other NFL news. Um, if not, good news for – a little bit of good news for Bears fans that love Kyle Long. He signed with the a one-year, five-milled mil deal with the chiefs he's chasing to get a ring we hope he gets it um and just five minutes ago uh the chiefs posted uh that he'll be wearing 69 on the field so shout out to him yes Uh, i love great number um and he i think he's excited i think he's definitely gonna go make a case for himself to play a lot for those chiefs and um there's definitely spots open and then we saw the the patriots light the free agent market up signing one two three four five six seven uh, off, uh, offensive players, including re-signing Cam Newton, wide receiver J- uh, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, and Nelson Aguilar, uh, uh, just to name a couple of these players. I mean, boys, what are the Patriots doing? We have, this is unlike Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Um, you know, it's kind of. I think they kind of realized, uh, I think it was on first take that they are talking about um, how Cam, his success came from throwing to a bigger target um like Greg Olson, um, and that kind of it could have explained it for a couple of, a lot of his interceptions uh, this past year um, that he really didn't have one of those big targets to throw to and he kind of likes to throw him up, the ball's kind of a little bit higher, so I could see that um, maybe they're trying to give Cam another shot, maybe get him as players that he needs and yeah, <laughs> I think that the Patriots could be pretty good, you know. Um, they have already a solid defense. They re-signed Kyle Vannoy, too, I saw the other day, uh, which is huge because I was kind of hoping the Bears could sign him as well. Uh, but that is obviously off the table now. Um, uh, we also mentioned Kenny Galladay's looking at the Bears and the Giants. Fitzmagic, uh, Fitzmagic finds himself. Washington football team, there was some uh, graphic put out uh, by some sports social media platforms uh, saying that the Washington football team is um, in – by far in first place of like improving their team in the offseason, uh, which is great to see, because um, I have some family members that are, uh the Washington Football Team fans, and my our boy PNT loves loves them as well. So we love to see that. And then Jacoby Brissett signs a one year deal with Miami for twelve point five million. Um, any of these free agent signings uh, get you uh, get you guys going.
1: All right. Before we get into this breaking news, Ian Rappaport just tweeted. Allen Robinson has officially accepted his franchise tag. Breaking news: He signed it. So
2: interesting. interesting. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um. I don't know if that's a tall tale. We've got a lot of
1: breaking news going on right here.
2: I don't understand it. It's it's a, it's a it's a Thursday night, and we're just we're just trying to get a podcast out to our fans, and we can't even keep up because we get so many things thrown at us. But um, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see how he plays this year. Um, maybe he's kind of hoping that a new fresh face behind center will help him out. I don't know. Uh, maybe he, maybe he likes not seeing Mitch back there, Nick Foles. I don't know. Um, so I, I honestly, as a Bears fan, that's the one bright thing that I think we have going for us right now is we have one of the best wide receivers uh, lining up for us and be wearing blue and orange. So how are you guys feeling about these free agents? Let's talk about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I love the, pace of free agency in the NFL. Everything happens very quickly. Uh teams kinda get to see where they're gonna be for the next season. I love the way that the Patriots are spending their money. Uh you could I, I feel like Belichick was just hated not being in the in the Super Bowl or being uh one of the big teams this past season. Uh did they even make the playoffs? No, they did not. So, I mean, missing the playoffs after their absolute dominance the past 20 years. I think Belichick wants to get back to that, signing all of these very good free agents, uh, especially offensively, where the team definitely struggled last year. Uh, We're seeing all the quarterbacks get taken off the board quickly. I was hoping Fitzmagic was going to find his way to Chicago uh, if we didn't get Russell, but he did find his way into Washington. Uh, where it's going to be Fitzmagic and Hankey battling it out for a job. Absolutely love Fitzmagic. Love what Hankey did in the playoffs this past year. So that's going to be a great, uh, like, Twitter. It's going to be all over social media, both of those guys. It's going to be great to see. Uh, Awesome to see Kyle Long uh, wearing 69 this upcoming season. I just saw the photo of him holding up his jersey on Twitter, which is awesome. But –
2: doesn't he look so happy? He, he does.
1: He does look very happy. Uh, he's in great shape too. So I, I'm gonna be. It's gonna be exciting to see what he does uh, this uh, upcoming season. Also, uh, another one of uh, little free agency moves. The Bears did lose Brent Urban. Uh, if you guys don't remember him, he would play the guitar uh, <laughs> on the line. So uh, that's another guy that we lost. He's going to Dallas. So I don't know, boys. Uh, free agency, I love it. It's moving quick, but as a Bears fan, our pers- my perspective, it's not pretty.
0: The stat, I, I, no, I don't know the stat verbatim, so I apologize in advance, but the stat was along the lines that in Belichick's tenure with the Pats, he's spent like $300 million on free agents or something like that and in this offseason alone he spent like over half of that like 150 160 175,000 or 175 million. Uh, so it he wants to win. And this is what I want from my head coach and from my GM and from my owner is Bill Belichick is a dude you can trust. A lot of, there was a lot of mixed messages around Cam Newton last season. He didn't play too well. He got hurt. Nobody really knew what to expect. So what do they do? Cam and and Bill Belichick got together. They talked their way out, and they're like, what can we do to make you succeed? And we're going to give you everything you need to help you succeed. They re-signed Cam Newton. Cam's like, I want this, this, and this. Bill Belichick bought into it. Bill Belichick was able to relay that message to the higher-ups in the Pat's organization, and they're all in for it. They have a plan. And I get you, they have a contingency plan if shit goes south. They went. To, they, I mean, like I said, a lot of these these signings: John O' Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Kendrick Bourne. Those are all multi year deals, two three year deals. I think the only one year deal was uh, Ted Karras, who used to be the center for the Pats. Then he went to Miami, and now he's coming back to the Pats. All these guys are long term deals. They have a plan in the future. They just they're a little bit iffy on the quarterback position, so They give Cam one more year. If it's not going to work out, then trust me, Belichick's eyeball and other quarterbacks are ready if shit goes south with Cam, that they're ready to go the following season. They have a plan. That's all I want from the Bears and our front, our front office, our coaching staff is too incompetent to do this. It all starts with Matt Nagy not wanting to coach Mitch Trubisky because he wasn't his draft pick. So I tip my cap to the Pats. I don't like I said. I don't give if if I was a Pats fan right now and we did, we didn't do too well this year, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't care because we made the effort to actually improve our team and they did improve their team. Maybe there's missing a couple pieces and it might be that quarterback decision. I respect the fuck out of that. I really do. So that kind of uh, like ends my rant on the Pats. I love it a lot. Uh, Kenny Galladay. I'm assuming it's be interesting to see how that develops based off A. Rob signing his franchise tag. We'll be eager to see that. Who knows? Because honestly, at that point, if you're adding Kenny Galladay and Allen Robinson and you have, you know, Andy Dalton, and you still have uh, three cones coming back. Mitchell, you still have Monty. That just spells eight, and eight, you know, nine and seven seven and nine it, so i i don't i don't get it like i said i don't get the direction i'm not gonna get back and do it again though uh Fitz magic i would have loved to have seen him in the Bears jersey i really would have um she i wouldn't have mind seeing him in a, a Bears jersey either but again that's probably those are two guys are going to lead you to an eight and eight nine and seven type season lastly Kyle Wong, one of the oregon guys so i have a lot of respect for him i remember watching him in college office alignment as well absolute dog happy for happy to see him back in the league and, you know, if it's going to be, I'll say this, if for some reason, you know, it's the AFC Championship and it's the the Bills and the Chiefs, I don't know who I want more to win. I don't know if I want Kyle Long more to win or if I want Mitch to go get a ring too. So, happy to see Kyle back in the league. He deserves it. Like I said, like you guys said, he looks happy as hell to be back in a place that he actually feels, like, welcomed in and not Chicago. So, I do hope, I'm not sure what the schedule looks like again this year. If they do play, the Bears do play the Chiefs, I hope Kyle Long, like, Steps on the sea or flips off the owner's box, some shit like that. I, I, I like Kyle Wong more than I like half our team right now. So
2: happy to see him back in the league. Well, boys, I think that about does it. Um, you know, like I said, I think we need to kind of just now take a deep breath sit back and kind of see how the rest of the week develops, you know. Yeah, Turn off exactly. Twitter.
1: Don't go on Twitter. Yeah, ex- It'll just make you exactly. sad. Exactly.
2: Because we, we honestly have no idea, like, what what is true and what is not. Um, Bears fans, you got you got to sit down and buckle, buckle in because it, it's going to be rough. Um, and I think we – it just sucks that we don't have direction right now. Um, but I think that's going to do it for right now for, for the Bears talk. Uh, let's get in let's get into some Chicago sports teams that are that are doing well and make us feel feel good about ourselves. Let's yes. take it over.
1: Definitely. So we're gonna start with baseball, both sides of things. Let's start with the Cubbies. Jock Peterson has been playing absolutely fantastic this spring. Uh just red hot. Hopefully he can keep that into the season. Also, today, uh, we saw Jake Arrieta on the mound, pitched very well. Uh Cubs pitchers combined for 16 strikeouts today which is awesome to see, especially now late into spring training. I know that's one of the biggest question marks for the Cubs going into this season is their pitching. So seeing a good pitching day from the Cubs is great. Offensively, the Cubs have been awesome all spring as well. I've seen Anthony Rizzo absolutely hit some tanks. Uh, Also, Eric Sogard, uh, newly acquired, newly signed, has been uh, putting up some good at-bats. Possibly see him up on the major league club to start the season. Uh, they the Cubs will be opening up the season against the Pirates at Wrigley uh, in two weeks, so that'll be awesome to see. Uh, see Wrigleyville packed once again with all the fans. Uh, just it, it's gonna be great to see people in Wrigley again. Uh, moving on to the Sox, G. Leto has officially been named the opening day starter. Uh, not much surprise. Uh, honestly, I think we saw this all coming with G. Leto uh, getting the ball day one against the Angels in Anaheim. Uh, so hopefully, G. can start the season off great. Uh, Keiko did get roughed up today, uh, giving up five runs and I believe three innings. But kind of got to take it with a grain of salt also because it's spring training. Uh little bit of a worry just because of how late it is in spring training. But. That's okay. Keiko will get back on the bump. He'll get things moving again. Also, huge for the White Sox, uh, starting extension talks with Lucas Giolito and Andrew Vaughn. So, great to hear. Hopefully that money that we didn't spend in free agency will be spent towards these two guys.
0: Uh, So, I'll go ahead and say that my source is White Sox Dave from Redline Radio this morning. He said that the Sox and, and Gio are not even on the same planet when it comes to this extension. Now, I'm assuming this probably just started happening pretty recently.
1: Yeah. But I, I know news broke said, out, like, even, he, two days ago.
0: I mean, based, I mean, okay, so you have to take everything with a grain of salt at that point. But, I mean, do you think it's logical? Because based off of Dave's reaction this morning, from listening to the new episode, like, he doesn't think that, however, oh, like, Gio, he's gone. He's going to go get a fat paycheck once he's done with the Sox.
1: I don't know. I mean, I mean, if he
0: keeps up what he's doing, how much money do you think he'll get in
1: two years? If he keeps going the way he's going, he's going to get an absolutely ginormous contract, which, I, I don't know, if I were the White Sox, I would jump ahead of it, because if he does perform to what he has been the last couple years, we're talking $200-$250 million type contract for Lucas Giolito. And if we could possibly get him on a – I don't know, though, because it also depends on Gilito if he's comfortable signing that big of a contract right now at his point in his career. They might just not be close on a deal because Gilito doesn't really know what he wants right now because uh, Gilito's in, in an interesting spot in his career. He's not really considered that young player that we might extend like an Andrew Vaughn. We might extend him for a couple years past his rookie contract, and then that's all the extension right now. Lucas's extension would be more of we would want him till he's 34, 35, and who knows what happens between that time and now. Uh, it'd be a risk for both the player and the team. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how they develop those talks. Uh, but I don't think White Sox Dave is wrong at all, actually. I could... Uh, I could see that they're going to struggle with an extension with Giolito, but I really hope that it does happen because I'd like to see Giolito in a White Sox uniform for a long time. So, this
0: is it
2: also – go at BT. If you're talking about Gio, go ahead and talk. Yeah, so what I'm looking at here too um, is do you think there's any security with Giolito when it comes to – didn't they bring in this pitching coach because – that,
1: that is one of the reasons, yes, his former high school coach.
2: So you think that'd be some incentive to stay with the Sox too. Yeah. Um, but I mean if he continues to grow the way we think he's going to he's going to he's going to need a bag um, and I'm just hoping that that could be a big enough part to keeping him in Chicago until he until he retires.
1: Yeah, and here's the good news. Here's the good news. With the money that the White Sox haven't spent, we have a lot of money to spend on extensions so we could very easily afford to uh extend both giolito vaughn throw Mancada in there i mean we've got money to keep these guys here and maybe that's why jerry isn't pushing the money out as much maybe he's thinking hey in a couple years we're gonna have to pay these guys and we need to save money for that so i i feel like Look, hey, yeah, you can go in a second. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, but if for the Gielo and Vaughn extensions, be more prepared for a Vaughn extension in the next month or two if an extension does happen. A Giolito one's going to take some time. Go ahead, Pat.
0: Does it scare you that we're like already talking about extending Vaughn and he hasn't even seen a pitch in the MLB yet?
1: No, because of his performance in spring training. Uh I mean he's just tearing the fucking cover off the ball. Uh, I I am comfortable with him being our opening day DH and yeah, to that too. I agree that if he gets like a Luis Robert type extension, perfect. Fucking that's money. So would
2: you rather see him get an extension like Eloy or extension like Robert?
1: Robert.
2: Robert for sure. I mean, yeah. this kid is legit. Um and I don't think anyone else is doubting that. I think I think that he's proved almost everybody's just with his spring training performance. Yeah. Um. He, I mean, if, if we look at it, it's very comparable to how Luis came up. I mean, they both exploded out of nowhere. Yeah. We we knew a little bit more about Vaughn uh, because of his college days, but I mean, they both are exploding right about the same times that they they did together.
1: Yeah. Also, another thing to talk about too. Vaughn played D one baseball at a very high level. For three years. So that also helped his development. Where Luis Robert started from. We got him from overseas. He really had to step into his own. Playing professional ball here. Where Vaughn kind of got that a little bit. Facing D1 caliber arms. Obviously not as good as pro arms. But it's a good lead way. Into the minor leagues. And I think Vaughn had an upper step. Compared to Robert. In that aspect. So. I'm comfortable with an extension with Vaughn for sure. Especially if it's a Robert type. And if it's an Eloy type, that's fine too. Uh I, I would just be happy to get an extension with him. Uh I I am uh, here here's what I'll say about these extensions before they step onto the field. There's no doubt in my mind that Vaughn is good enough right now to get an extension. What worries me is that we're giving so many of these extensions that I'm afraid that one of these guys are going to get hurt, and we're going to get stuck with that contract. So that's the only thing that worries me. Nothing that we can control, but we'll see. All right, Uh, another news with the White Sox. We have signed Billy Hamilton after Rick Hahn said that he was done uh, signing people. We get Billy Hamilton, who hit a double today against the Royals, which was awesome to see. A guy that doesn't really have much pop in his bat. Get an extra base hit. This is our Gerard Dyson of last season. Uh, we get, Dyson is moved on. I think he went back to Kansas City. We've got Billy Hamilton now, who's going to be perfect for these late pinch running uh, things. He's also a plus defender in the outfield when we need a guy like Eloy uh, to sit down for the ninth inning in a big game. When we need good defense and Billy Hamilton can go in. Or, perfect scenario right here, Sox are tied, bottom nine, Eloy hits a double, Billy Hamilton comes in for him, pinch runs, and if he doesn't score, we got Billy Hamilton for defense for extra innings, which is huge. Uh, so I absolutely love that signing, uh, big on uh, for the late end of the season and playoffs. And now we'll get into a little bit of Ioannis Cespedes talk, not really much to... Talk about here, but it was said that the Cubs and White Sox are still uh, somewhat talking to Joanna Cespedes and company. So take what you want with that. I highly doubt it happens, especially after signing Billy Hamilton. So just take what you can. Uh, White Sox, I would say even less on Joanna on Cespedes and Cubs. It's a very big maybe. You
2: know, I love this Billy Hamilton signing because, correct me if I'm wrong, he, he he's literally. I feel like every time in the past that the White Sox play the Royals, he's just he's he's, he's killed them. And I, I don't know what it, he gets on the bases and he like, he runs around him like crazy. Yeah. Uh, so that defensive plus side and the speed on the base is going to be huge. Um, if we keep him down Triple A and the postseason comes around bring him up and let's, let's go. I I love it. Um, and then Cespedes, you know, I think it'd be pretty cool to have not only uh, his little brother and him on the team. That'd be interesting as well to see how that goes. Uh, but just keep it in your back pocket. You never know what happens.
1: Yeah. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he starts the year up on the big league club, uh, only because we saw, we got Gerard Dyson and right away he started up on the big league club. Uh, so maybe we have him at the end of our bench. Hey, Billy, you're going to get one at bat every 20 games, but we're going to need you to run in 15 of those 20 games at the end of the game. So it's win now mode for this White Sox team. Every win matters. So Billy Hamilton, it may seem like not that big of a signing right now, but when it comes October and we're playing Oakland or we're playing whoever, Billy Hamilton's going to be a huge part of this club. So I hope he realizes that. I hope he knows that the city of Chicago. The Billy Hamilton is the type of player that if we get a ring, that he's going to be the one guy everybody's going to remember. Didn't do much. Kind of giving me the Jeff Blum uh, flashbacks to the 2005 team or just those guys that come off the bench and that are big. And we saw Gerard Dyson, who was a former White Sox last season. He had those moments with the Kansas City Royals when they won it in uh, 2015, uh, coming off the bench, big late innings, stealing bags. So, just wreaking havoc on the base pass. So, that's all we got for baseball. Uh, We're going to be moving on to hockey. Pat, go ahead and take it away.
0: Let me set the scene here for you guys. There's a door in front of you, and inside of that door, there's a glass case that is covering a panic button. I have entered that room. The, ca- the case is still covering the panic button. The panic button has not been hit. My hand has not been raised. I will say that I have entered the room.
1: What? What? That okay, hypothetically, hit. we win tonight. Are you leaving the room and shutting the door?
0: I'm still in that room.
1: You're still in the room? Okay.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, they would need to win tonight and at least get a point in game two against Tampa for me to crack the door back open and kind of back out. Okay. Uh so, I mean, yeah, the Hawks are playing right now as we record. Um, they're currently tied 2-2 two two with 15 minutes left in the third. The Hawks, I believe it was the Hawks, just had a goal waved off for goal interference. But um, the Hawks sit in fourth place right now in the Central with 33 points. The Blue Jackets are in fifth with 29, and Dallas in sixth with 25. Now, obviously, Dallas is going to be that big threat against us because they still do have, like, six games in hand against us because they're a late start due to COVID. The Lightning and Panthers are tied for first at 42 points, and Carolina is in third with 41. So that top spot is very close. And if you think about it a couple weeks ago, uh, well, shit, Tampa just scored, so it's 3-2 to two now. So, oh. uh, yeah, definitely still in the room.
1: Yeah, there you um, go.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so those top three spots were tight. And if you think about it a couple weeks ago, the Hawks were just in that, in that competition, too. And what kind of happened well, we split the series against Dallas, and then we dropped two straight against Florida. And that Dallas series, we yeah, we won one of them, but the game we lost, we lost like 6-1. We just got blown out of the water. It wasn't even fair. Second game, two the second game we played against them, we looked better, but it was still noticeably bad that we're just in a little bit of a rough stretch at the moment. And then we go to play Joe Quenville and a very hot Florida Panthers team and just got blown out of the water. Uh, it wasn't even fair. We shouldn't even have been on the same ice. It was. It was pretty bad. And since then, we've definitely taken a hit in the standings. Like I said, we still do sit in fourth, and it's going to come down between us and Dallas. Um, and those games against Dallas are going to come back and haunt us if it does come down to the last couple of games, which it's definitely possible for it happening. If you were to ask me, can this Hawks team finish fourth in the Central? Yes, I think they have the tools. They have, they've had such a good start to this point to be able to finish fourth and make the playoffs. I, I do believe that. But there's so much more potential with this team. It's kind of reminding me of the Bears, where the Bears, what, they started, they started off 5 0, 6 0, or whatever, or 5 1, 6 1. And then they hit a brick wall, and I have a bad feeling the Hawks are hitting that brick wall right now, honestly, which is not good. So, we'll have to see. Um, I do have a little bit of some updates after this, but I kind of want to get your guys' input right now on the way this team looks at the moment. We just haven't looked good in our last two series, and it's it's starting to show a lot. And right now we're down 3-2 to two against one of the best teams in the league. And we're just not being able to generate off offense. The power play is slipping a little bit. The penalty kill isn't as tight as it was. Got some issues all across the board right now. And Jeremy Cowden, you, you preached this, this culture of we're going to win off hard work and not off skill. I understand you're not gonna go out there and win every game, but when you play four games in a row and it looks like you don't even deserve to be on the ice, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna start getting the attention of some Hawks fans and it's gonna be a little bit concerning. So what do you guys got in this last stretch for the
1: Hawks? I mean, it is concerning. It is what it is. Uh we need to play these two games against Tampa, especially tonight. We need to we need to get something tonight. We we need to get something tomorrow. Uh it's getting a little worrisome because this is this is the Blackhawks like PT I know we've been through it the last couple years here at school at the end of the season it's like hey the Hawks are playing tonight they've got a chance for the playoffs and they 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 end up just shitting the bed so I hope that isn't the case this year Uh, I hope that they continue to battle uh encouraging news with these guys that could be coming back but Let's just keep battling, boys. We've done a great great job all season just battling, getting points when we can. And we just need to continue to battle and get points.
2: Pat, I'm going to politely grab you from that room and shut the door, all right? I said at the beginning of the season that I was expecting the Blackhawks to be at the bottom of the NHL, to be the worst team Um there were so many things against us, um, and that this season was kind of going to be a trial and error. We had no idea what Colton was going to do. Um, we really weren't expecting much, and he's kind of showed us some positive things. Um, our goalies, you know, we, that was another big question, and we've kind of seen some positive things here and there. Um, and I was kind of expecting, you know, to kind of hit a brick wall at some point. I mean, we don't have it, We don't have everything um, to compete with the Lighting, you know, and I, I think this is something you have to expect with them. Um, and, I, and my whole big thing is just small stepping stones for this year. We have a lot of issues kind of going on right now. With Kirby Docs hurt. Um, I think it's great to see that he's closer than we thought. Um, so I, I, I don't think there's any reason for, especially this season, to even think about a panic button. We kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you guys had a different insight than I did. Um, but I just thought that we were going to be dog shit terrible. Um, unfortunately, I, I hate to I hate to think it that way, um, and I know it's an awful mindset to have, um, but I kind of just was I don't know prepared to be awful. Um, so I, I I like to pick out the positives, especially with all these other negative stuff going around in Chicago. Um, I, I like I said I'm not I'm not too worried. Um, we, we we just got to stick it out with the Blackhawks because I think there are positive things coming out. And that kind of builds on the next coming years. We'll get some maybe higher draft picks, and where we are, I don't know. So, I'm not. I'm not even in that room. I'm. I'm. I'm trying to get Pat out of that room. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. Uh, but I. I think. I think we'll be just fine.
0: Yeah. So we do have. We're starting up a two game stretch against Tampa tonight, um, and then after this two game stretch, we're back against the Panthers. So. I mean, it could go – It could. You, we could kind of make up some ground. You know, we might not win all four games. If we can get some points here and there, we'll take it. But I will say the, if if we lose the next four straight, these two against Tampa and these two against Florida, my hand is – the glass is off the case. My hand is hovering over that fucking button. Uh, <laughs> it, it just is, man. It is. It's scary. And
1: we, we did say that this was going to be a huge stretch for the Hawks. So we knew, yes. we knew what was going on.
0: Yes, exactly, and so kind of getting into some positive news, Uh, Stan Bowman did have his midseason Zoom call this year, uh, actually just a couple days ago, and the most recent news was Dylan Strome would be back soon, and by soon he meant tonight, Um, so he found his way back in the lineup off of concussion protocol today, and he actually tallied uh, his first goal in a long time tonight too, he scored like 30 seconds left in the first to tie the game up at two, which was a huge goal for us. So good to see it. Dylan Stroman back on the ice. I'm sure he'll find his way back onto the power play as well. But the more important news coming out of that Zoom call was Kirby Dock. Obviously, you've seen him practicing with the team lately. Um, obviously, with a wrist injury, you're, going, you're more than welcome to go out on the ice, and get some some skating time, kind of get that conditioning up. He is wearing the no-contact jersey, so nobody's hitting him. Um, and based off what people have said between Jeremy Calden as well as Stan Bowman, is that Kirby Dock is a lot closer to coming back than what we thought. Uh, Cowden did say that there is no timetable yet, but it's definitely encouraging to see where he is at this point in the season. I mean, me, if you asked me the beginning of the season, I probably said it in one of our episodes. I was, we don't need to, we don't need to rush Kirby at all. We don't need to have him back. I still agree with that. I don't think we need to rush him, and I don't think we need him back. I don't want to risk him furthering an injury because we're trying to rush him back for a potential playoff spot where we're probably going to get shit on in the first round, if I'm being quite honest with you guys. But, I mean, hey, he's a young kid. He wants to play. I respect it. We'll have to see what happens. But um, I'm excited for him. I mean, he's an absolute Austin, he's great, great person to watch on the ice. I mean, I want to see him back on there, but I want to make sure he's 100% healthy, 100% ready to go. He's 100% game, like he's conditioned for games. But we'll have to see. Um, so that's kind of what I have for Kirby Doc. What do you guys have on Stroman Doc before we wrap up the Hawks?
1: Uh, you said it perfectly, Pat. Do not, do not rush Doc. Uh, I'd rather him take his time, get healthy. I know they said that he's ahead of schedule and all that good shit, but Of course, he's ahead of schedule, but if he gets hurt again, it's starting all over. So really make sure he's 100%. I don't even want him going into these games 95%. I want him to be fully healthy. I want him to be ready to go because especially with this Blackhawks team, we're looking for the future. Sure, winning now would be great, but Kirby Doc's going to be a huge part of our future, and we don't want to fuck that up. So take our time with Kirby. Awesome to see Strome back uh, scoring tonight already. Absolutely awesome to see. Uh, by chance, did Bowman talk about Shaw at all, or no? Uh,
0: I didn't get to listen to it uh, in the, to the full extent. I haven't seen anything on Twitter about it. As okay. of right now, he's still on long-term IR.
1: Okay. So, yeah, take that with what you will. Uh, but it's nice to see Strome back. And Doc, make sure he's 100% before he even
2: comes back. I mean, like I said, uh, I think you guys kind of hit it around the head. There's no need to rush Kirby Doc back. There's there's no, because we don't want to even think what would happen if he were to re injure that wrist. It would be, it would be absolutely, it would be awful if that happened. Um, So, like I've kind of been elaborating on, there's no rush to get anybody back. This season's kind of just like, you know, it's just one of those seasons we kind of have to sit back and wait till next year, unfortunately. Um, So, just be patient. Let's not rush anything back. No need to. Um, it just kind of, I'm going I'm to, I sound like a broken record, but pulling positives out, pulling positives. All right, so let's head to the
0: other side of the United Center and let's go check out the Chicago Bulls. Do I have a bone to pick with you guys about this team? So uh, I believe we're sitting at 18 and 21. Uh, I wrote the script yesterday before they blew a lead to the San Antonio Spurs. So I believe we're sitting at eighteen and twenty-one. It's just going to have us at 9th or tenth in the Eastern Conference. That just how horrible the East, Co- the lower half of the Eastern Conference is.
1: We right are at nine,
0: uh, nine still. We yep. still so eighteen and twenty-one. Yep. Okay. So uh, let's start about let's start talking about our two. So we played five games since the All Star break. We've won two. We've dropped three. We did beat the Thunder and the Raptors, which were both big. At least Raptors was a pretty big win. We we lost to the Heat, the Sixers, as well as the Spurs last night. Yep. I want to want to drop some numbers by by you real quick. Zach Levine against the Thunder drops forty points, three rebounds, and two assists. He was the only reason why we won that game. Pat Williams against the Raptors, another big win for the Bulls. He led the way with twenty six points, six boards, and four assists. Great to see that out of our rookie. Now, during those two games, Thunder and Raptors, Kobe White, during against the Thunder, had four points, one assist, one rebound, three assists. And against the Raptors, he had 13 points, four boards, and five assists. Against Miami, he had eight points, three boards, and five assists. And uh, also, for Kobe White, against Philly, he had 18, two, and
1: four. I'm, I,
0: Colby White yeah. is, is scaring me.
1: I, I scaring agree. Scaring me a lot. I agree. Uh, he's scaring me, too. uh the biggest reason why is because of how inconsistent he is. Uh, I mean, some nights we see it with the Sixers game: eighteen points, four assists. That's a solid night for a young point guard. Now, four one and three against with the Thunder. That is terrible. Uh, Miami bad. Raptors was okay: thirteen points, five assists. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, it feels it feels like we're lacking in both categories with Colby White if you consider the season as a whole assist wise and point wise uh it's it's just not doing it for me right now he's being very inconsistent but he is a young player we've got a great coach in Billy Donovan uh we'll we'll, we'll see i don't know colby white is worrying me though with how inconsistent he is Especially because this is the big like test year for this Bulls team, and this is like what the front office is looking at. Kind of want Kobe to be playing better. Uh, Pet Williams has been awesome. Uh, he has been very good. I am feeling very good about about Pet Williams. But yeah, Kobe's just worrying. He worries me. Yeah, last
0: night Kobe White had nine points, three boards. That was it. But also last night, Pat Williams had uh, ten points and fourteen boards. So
1: wait, wait, wait. Kobe didn't have one assist last night.
0: No, he shot three of eleven, had no assists.
1: That's bad. That is very. So bad. I'm saying,
0: man, like, I, I, I in the, earlier in the season, all the post game shows we did, even when we had Merrick on for our, our segment, yeah, he was very adamant on keeping Zach, and Kobe's not our guy. And I'm like, I don't think so, man. I think we need to trade Zach for trades or. Get something, some sort of stock back for him. I think I've fully done a one eighty. I, I Colby scares the daylights out of me. You know, we've heard the rumors about Wanzo coming to the Bulls for a potential trade. If we're, I, it's almost. I don't even know like who to compare him to honestly because like he's not like a Kirk Heiner type. Like Kirk, filled the role of like coming in and being a facilitator yeah. and hitting that three when he had to. Like Colby White's just kind of like there right now. Yeah, like he's th- He's just there. He does something, but he doesn't do a lot. It's it's a really shitty situation because Kobe White's a great guy. He, he really is. He wants to do well. He cares about the city of Chicago. He cares about this team a bunch. But him and Wendell are two biggest question marks. Lori's a free agent after the season, so I guess you can't consider him too much of a question mark. But him and Wendell are two biggest question marks, the two biggest pitfalls of this team at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see because the trade deadline is on March 25th. As of right now, from what AK came out and said, the team really isn't expecting to be buyers or sellers. They're kind of seeing kind of, they're going to stand pat. However, uh, from, from stuff I've seen on Twitter from Daniel Greenberg and a couple other sources, teams have called AK about Stateransky because he's been looking not too shabby these past couple games. That guy could come off the bench and do some defensive work for you. But most importantly, the guy was getting a lot of attention, who I would say is our I mean, you can't say he's our our team MVP of the year. It has to be Zach. But if it's not Zach, it's Dad dad Young. Yeah. Dad's having – he just tallied his 1,000th game last night against the Spurs. He's having a hell of a season so far. He's getting a lot of attention from a lot of different teams because that's the type of guy that will come off the bench for you in a playoff situation and do the dirty work, get some uh, gritty rebounds, put up some gritty points. That's a guy a lot of people want. I'm interested to see if we do deal with him because I feel like we can get something decent for him. Um, yes. but we'll have to see. I, I don't think there's gonna be too much. Um, I think obviously Zach and Pat, are, as you guys have written, Zach and Pat are definitely are two untouchables. But I really, I think only people that anybody's gonna want is gonna be it's gonna be Stato as well as Thad. We'll have to see what happens. I don't know, man. The Bulls. It's kind of like the. I mean, that's not like the Hawks. Actually, the Bulls. It's just it's. it's I don't know. Here, here, it's,
1: here's what I have to say about the Bulls. And this is what I think about the trade deadline in one week. If the Bulls want to slide into the playoffs somehow this year as an 8 or a 7 seed, then I feel like they're going to do nothing. They're just going to leave the team as it is. They're not going to get rid of anybody. They're not going to get anybody new. But if they aren't as worried about making the playoffs this year, then I feel like Stato and Thad are both gone Uh, just because these guys won't really be helping the team in the long run in the future, but they can help with getting, getting something, we'd get something for these guys. And like you said, Pat, that would definitely give us, uh, a a little bit, uh, more than Stato would. So I'm good with, uh, trading both of those guys, uh, but I'm interested to see what direction that the bulls are going to want to do for the rest of the season.
2: So I had, I saw a report out uh, sometime this week. um, I can't remember the source, but I'm pretty sure it it, it was pretty um, legit that the front office said that for the NBA trade deadline, that Zach Levine and Pat Williams were their only untouchables. Um, So I, I don't know what that's telling you guys. Um, and if that is telling, if if I'm reading and kind of understanding this correctly, um, they're trying to build around Zach Levine. and They kind of want him to be their guy, um, which I have no problem with. Um, and you know, I, I think you can go either way. And it's kind of, there's positives, and there's really not many negatives to it. Um, if you trade him, you get a pretty good dra- uh, draft prospect uh, pool for him. And if you keep him, he's an NBA All Star. You know, I. You, you can't you, you can't deny that he is a great player. Um, so with that being said, I, I, I love it. And, and if the Bulls want to do that, I'm all for it um, and kind of just build around those two players, which I would love 100%. So I have to see how shit pans out with the Bulls. Said trade deadline's just
0: over a week away. I, I don't know what's his, I mean, you've seen a couple moves already in the league with the uh, – I know the Bucks just traded for P.J. Tucker. They think he's going to give them an edge when it comes to the playoffs, so we'll have to wait and see. But hey, you know, it's another we're fighting for a playoff spot. Whether you like it or not, that's how bad the East is, and we'll have to see what happens. But I know Zach and those guys, they want to win, and I respect it. And it looks like I said, it's great we're going through the growing pains right now with a young team and a new coach. So I have to see how shit pans out. But now the NBA right now it's 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 a little it's a little boring, but no worries. It's March, March Madness is here, college basketball is in full swing. Uh, as of right now, today is Thursday. Today we're recording this. We have four playing games. My uh, Missouri Valley uh, representatives, uh, alongside Loyola, Drake beats Wichita State fifty-two to fifty or fifty-three to fifty-two. In a nail biter!
1: In a nail biter! Yeah. Very good game. I was game.
0: Paying attention to it on Twitter as we were recording here. Uh, Texas Southern beats Te- uh, Mount St. Mary to gain a spot into the game or into the tournament. Norfolk State is up uh, sixteen right now against Appalachian State, and then our the my my favorite game for this play and playing games right now is we got Michigan State and UCLA tonight, and if you guys know anything about me, I fucking hate Mick Cronin with a burning passion. I hope Tom Izzo Michigan State roll the floor with UCLA. So that being said, madness starts tomorrow. PT's I take the stage tomorrow. But before we dive into the uh, NCAA brackets that we have, we gotta talk about we gotta talk about the Big Ten tournament. The I do bring home the Big Ten championship. I mean, hey, they got the job done. That was a hell of a game when it came to the Ohio State game. I mean, I watched the entire thing, and there was a little bit of a point where I got scared because I'm pretty sure Ohio State went on like a 19-9 run. And it's Williams, I think, was your one guy who hit like three threes, and two of those came in that stretch and really pushed them back in favor of uh, Illinois. So, PT, you take away, but that was a hell of a game. 100%.
2: 100%. So I think um, when we saw Illinois struggle early in the season, it's just because you're only getting productivity from Kofi and Iowa and no one else is really doing anything. Um, and now that you're seeing them playing so well, you're getting uh, productivity from Williams hitting big shots down down, uh, down the stretch. And you've got Curbelo playing his ass off. Um, literally, he, he's so crafty with the basketball. and The way that he's able to distribute the ball and kind of control the court is really fun to watch. Um, Trent Williams is always kind of, he's always kind of been that guy that really steps up on defense and he has kind of been hit or miss, um, with his three point shooting. Uh, but when he's on, he's on and Illinois is just so hard to beat when he is, um, Georgie has been playing great down the stretch as well, which is huge. Cause definitely when Kofi needs some breaks, um, that is a huge pickup when Georgie can kind of step up. I think, uh, the difference between, uh, the big 10 championship game is the Illinois bench, uh, at some point with, uh, compared to Ohio State's bench points was like 31 to 11 or something like that. Um, so when you have that type of margin, you're, you're going to win every single game. Um, so I couldn't be more happy uh, for Illinois right now. But like everyone's saying, the job's not finished. Um, we're going to hop into Marsh Madness right now. Um, it, 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 it's going to be hard for Illinois. It, 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 it honestly is. Um, I think they have a great chance of accomplishing what they want to. Um, but winning nine games in a row is going to be real tough, especially because now the tournament you're playing top twenty-five teams all the time. Um, so you're going to run it. It's, it's not going to be a cakewalk. I think Illinois definitely has a really good chance. But um, let's talk about one seeds. Okay, we'll start with the obvious one, Gonzaga. I think that was a shoe in I know you got – everyone else thinks it's a shoe in um, they, they, I think they have the easiest path. It's not. It's not even. Not even close. Um, they, I don't think so I think I think
0: uh, I think the Illini have the easiest pass on anybody
2: yeah but you uh, they're gonna have to eventually play Kate Cunningham Houston's playing pretty well right now um, and Loyola Chicago man they, they I mean Loyola Chicago second round draw is gonna be tough um, I was coming in kind of thinking ah you know you, cool to see but I think that's a cakewalk I, I've looked more into it man they they are legit um, and yeah, it, it, it definitely, there's some games in there that Illinois definitely can, um, will have some trouble with for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Gonzaga is definitely um, the shooting for the the number one best seed. Um, we'll see what kind of they have to run into with down the road, maybe Iowa. Um, there's some other teams like the Kansas, um, different stuff like that, Virginia. Um, but I think that, in my personal opinion, they have the easiest. What do you guys have to think about Gonzaga, number one seed?
1: I mean – Like you said, PT, I think they also have the easiest path. But it's March Madness, baby. Anything can happen. Absolutely anything. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm so pumped. I know me and PT will be on a bus tomorrow going to St. Louis, and we will be watching all those games tomorrow.
0: Yo, make sure you guys swing by uh, Bologna and say what's up before you guys head down to St. Louis. You guys will pass me on 55. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I have Gonzaga doing pretty well in the tournament. Um, I But I do think they have a tough path. I really think they do. I mean, the potential to play Missouri or Oklahoma, then most likely University of Virginia, and then Kansas as well. Or you know if Kansas makes it there, you could also see Oregon, you could also see Iowa. It's they got a tough they got a tough stretch. I'll say that. Um but they're battle tested, they're a hell of a team. Granted, you know, they played like what three like real teams this year, four real teams this year. I mean they're in it they're they're in the like West Coast conference or whatever, so they're not in the best conference. They're not they're not as battle tested as a team like Baylor could be, or like D and I for all for sure so that's my thing with Gonzaga I mean I think they they're definitely very talented they have a great they have a great team but you know Illinois has been playing top 10 teams for basically the entire season where Gonzaga hasn't that's true they're gonna get smacked in the mouth when you come up against a team a gritty team like Missouri if you face them in the second round Virginia Kansas you're gonna get fucking popped in the mouth man I think they will uh, now I'm not saying they're not going to make it. I think they have great chances of making a deep run. But the reality is going to pop them in the face really quick. And that's where you see if a team is how can they handle adversity, how have they been coached. And, you know, that's where that
2: battle test comes into play. And I think we've kind of seen them um, deal with some adversity kind of down the stretch here. It's definitely in the West Coast Conference championship game. Uh, it was close. Um, and they definitely had a good game. And I'm going to tell you this right now, guys. I have this Norfolk State, Appalachian State game on right now, who will be playing, uh, the winner will be playing in Zaga. And Norfolk State is being the living shit out of Appalachian State. I don't know what you take that with, but they look really good right now. Um, physical, I uh, can shoot. So it'll be interesting to see how they match up against Gonzaga. Um, we'll move down to the East Region. Uh, number one seed, Michigan. Boys. Um, a lot of people are down and out on Michigan. I, I
1: Actually, am. I am down and out on Michigan.
2: Um, and this, I, I haven't heard any recent updates. Um, and if Livers is going to be playing, if Livers is not playing, Michigan will not make it out of the Sweet 16. Um, it, it, they, they, I, I, they, I
1: have them losing in the Sweet 16. I don't think they'll make it past there.
2: It's, it's, it's going to be very tough for them. Uh, they've dealt with some adversity, and they really haven't um, – Played well under. They lost Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. So I think they are definitely. I think they are considered to be, in my mind, the weakest one seed um, at this moment. Um, and they've got a tough, tough region. You got Alabama, who I absolutely love. Florida State. They got to play uh, maybe LSU, but this St. Bonaventure team is really good too. Uh, you got Texas, UConn. This is a loaded region, and I, I don't see them making it to the Final Four, or even Elite Eight, at all. Um, what do you guys
1: think about Michigan? Yeah, I mean, PT, you said it best. Uh, I already said, you know, I don't have them making it out of the Sweet 16. I just don't see them as that big powerhouse one seed as I do with the other teams. Uh, there's a lot of good competition in their uh, region. So it's going to be interesting to see what Michigan can do. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I myself am down and out on Michigan.
0: I'm right there with you guys um, I think them losing their star players and I'm pretty sure from what I saw he's he's done for the season he's not gonna be playing at all so if that's the case they're, they're still tough. a good team they're still a good team they definitely have a good chance but they're losing a, I mean that's 15 to 17 18 points a night that you're losing in a guy right there so it's gonna it's definitely gonna show in, in March Madness. but I do have making do have them make it to the elite eight before they get shut down but like I said it's a it's a tough bracket for them I think for them being as they mean they're battle tested, but they're down and out with injuries. They got it they got a tough they got a tough draw when it came to this year's bracket. So it'll be fun to see. If Juwan Howard's the first year, you gotta go make a statement. You know, Juwan's been in this place before, man. That Fab five team was good as hell. So he knows what it takes to win. So it'll be fun to watch though. It'll definitely be
2: fun to watch in that in that bracket. Just a little note here, I'm not a big Juwan Howard fan. I think I think he uh I think there's some coaches that deserved a little bit of a uh Head coach of the year. Yeah, he did a great job. um, But that team has been loaded, and it has been loaded.
1: Agreed.
2: Um, 100%. We will move now to the South region with your uh, Baylor Bears being the number one seed. Um, Another team that kind of, you know, a lot of people are saying Big Big 12 is right behind the Big Ten in conference strength. Um, So they they are battle-tested. They have played good teams this year. um, But they did lose in their tournament to Texas. And a lot of people... Are saying that Texas um, is 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 another team that they are they are worried about in this tournament? Um, so I don't know. Take that with a grain of salt. Um, I've kind of been all over the place with Baylor, kind of deciding what I want to do with them, and I'll get into that more when we get into our lead A finals four, and championship winner. Um, but they've got they've got OSU. I mean, who honestly? I mean, they've played well against Illinois, who I think arguably, and this is no bias. And I've heard a lot of other people say is the highest team in in NCAA basketball right now. Yes, you have Gonzaga. Who is an overall great team um but they they've matched up really well with illinois um ej odell is legit he's great um, they've got other they've got purdue who i think um a lot of people i think they could definitely be slept on they're gonna have to draw north carolina if if they uh beat wisconsin uh in that second in that second round which is brutal north Carolina is hot they're an established team they know where how to play in march so that's gonna be another tough draw um Bay- Baylor's kind of up there with Michigan. They've got they've got another tough bracket. I think the East and the South are definitely the the toughest um, regions um, for the number one seeds. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. So for
0: that region, again, it's it's a great region to look at. Baylor, it was a tough loss to them in their in their ter- their conference tournament. But it'll be interesting to see how they respond. But I mean, hey, you have gritty teams in North Carolina, Wisconsin. Villanova, they're a Big East team, which I like to follow a lot. I think they're down and out because they just lost Gillespie for the rest of the season. Um, so I think if they meet Purdue in the second round, Purdue is going to manhandle them. Uh, Texas Tech, how a fucking team too. Arkansas is gritty as hell, and and Ohio State too as well. So I mean, it's it's a, this one might be the most enjoyable one for me to watch in terms of being loaded. I think this is the most loaded uh, bracket or the most loaded side of the bracket out of, out of the four. Granted, I'm going to be paying more attention to the next, uh, next quadrant we're going to be looking at, but um, Bayward's going to have a tough test. But, again, I think they can do it. They're, they're battle-tested. they played really good teams all year, and uh, they got some good experience on their teams. It'll be fun to watch. It really will be.
2: All right, so moving to the last region, the Midwest region, Uh, we have my Fighting Illini as the number one seed. We kind of you guys have been hearing all about what we've had to say about them. Um, You know, I I think Pat, you make a great statement. They do have some. You know, they might have an easy route, but I think this this, they're going to draw a a hard second um, second round match either against Loyola Chicago, or Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech just won the ACC. That's not easy to do. Um, I don't care. I don't care who's having a down year. Um, and Loyola Chicago is, is, is a team that you, you never want to match up against in March they have a history of playing well um, so I guess that's going to be tough um, Pat did you want to touch on something there or? yeah the the star guard for Georgia attack yes, is out forgot about that so that yeah. definitely is going to make the game easier for Loyola Chicago I know a lot of people um, just around us are really pulling for Loyola Chicago to win so Illinois it, I'm not trying to pass up Drexel um, you never want to do that. You take one game at a time. Um, but it, it, we want to see the second-round matchup with Illinois and Louis, Louis, Chicago. That would be really cool. Um, they're going to have to run. I mean, if Illinois continues to play well, they're going to have to run into Cade Cunningham, I think, at one point. Um, there's Tennessee you got in there. Uh, I mean, you've got West Virginia, who plays pretty well. Um, Houston, who's also playing really well right now. Um, so I think they have, um, they have a path, uh, definitely, in this region. I think they, they'll they have some tough games, but I think they definitely um, – I think if I would have to rank the regions in toughness, it would go east, south, midwest, and then west um, uh, from hardest to easiest. So that's what i got to say. I'll get more to my picks when we get into our Elite Eight Final Four and Championship. Do you guys have anything about this region and Illinois being a one seed?
0: I mean, they deserve it. They're the most deserving one seed. I think they are the hottest team. They had the most momentum rolling into uh, the tournament, so it's going to be fun to watch. Again, yeah, a lot of gritty teams too. West Virginia is very good. I think Houston. I'll be honest with you. I think that's the most over overrated or overhyped number two seed. Honestly, um, I feel like that's been a pretty common theme. I've seen that on Twitter. Oklahoma State is no joke. Tennessee is no joke. It's gonna be a lot of fun to watch this this one. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna say this. If it comes down to Eye and uh, Loyola in the second round, I got a pull from my Missouri Valley team. Me and Brandon got uh, a fellow uh, high schooler that's uh, their sixth man for Loyola too. But I'll say this, too. If you guys haven't listened to Redline Radio, they interviewed uh, Tyler Underwood, uh, Coach Underwood's son, as well as Cam Crutwig from Loyola. Cam Crutwig tells a great story about Sister Jean in that Final Four run they had a couple years ago. I highly recommend listening to it because that's the shit you want to hear. Because remember this, too. Sister Jean, she's 102, 101 years old. You bet your ass she's in Indy right now ready for the tournament. She's with the team. So that's exactly what they need. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But I'm excited for this side of the bracket, too.
1: Yeah, definitely, dude. I mean, that Loyola run from a couple years ago was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, so they still might still have that magic with sister Jean. So who who knows if Illinois really wants to be running into that?
2: Exactly. That'll be tough. All right. So we want to give you guys kind of a sense of how our brackets look. Um, we're going to go through this. I'm going to go I'm going to start with the West region. I'm going to read out my um, Elite Eight, and we'll just bounce around. We'll kind of read off, give some pointers of why we think they're going to be there, um, and we'll just kind of flow through this real quick. Uh, so I'll start out with my Elite Eight in the West. Um, I have Gonzaga, obviously the number one seed. I have them being Creighton to get to the Elite Eight. Um, and I also have Iowa, uh, the number two seed, beating USC to get to the Elite Eight. Um, I think Iowa's kind of been up and down. Um, I think Luca Garza, this is his kind of opportunity to kind of prove um, that he is a legitimate NBA player. I think there's kind of concern popping up, I think. He kind of got um, destroyed by Kofi uh, in, in the Big Ten Championship. Um, but that once again, that game against Iowa and Illinois uh, was unreal. Um, I don't know if you guys watched it, um, but it was a little boxing match. Um, I don't know how many rounds were in boxing, but the full 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 fight, it was legit. Um so I think they have a great chance of making to lead eight. Um they're gonna they're gonna have an issue running into Oregon. Um they're gonna match up really well with them and they can beat BCU in the second round, so that's gonna be interesting. But uh in the lead eight in the West region for me, I have Gonzaga and Iowa. What do you guys have?
1: Uh I also have Gonzaga in Iowa. Uh again, Gonzaga is just a powerhouse team, but I really, really do love Iowa's team that they have this year with Garza. Kind of hint at my future picks. I just I love Iowa this year,
0: so I'll be I'll be the devil's advocate. I do have Gonzaga making it. I have that beating University or Virginia to move on. And in my bottom half of that elite eight, I do have Kansas making it out for the elite eight matchup of Gonzaga and Kansas. I have Gonzaga, Kansas beating Oregon in the sweet sixteen to move on. I do think Oregon matches up very well with Iowa not too sold in Iowa based off their performance in the Big Ten tournament. So I do have Gonzaga in Kansas in the Elite Eight in the West region.
2: Uh, just just a quick note for me, too. Um, I don't even have Kansas beating Eastern Washington for the sole reason. Uh, my boy Rico Bosco um, from Barstool, he, he's a big, big uh, Eastern Washington guy, um, and he, he thinks that they actually have a chance of beating them. I don't know. I think, I think that's a long shot, um, but we'll see. It's going to be an interesting region for sure. We'll move on to the East region now. Uh, my Elite Eight, I have Florida State beating Michigan, and then I have Alabama beating Michigan State. Boys, I need Michigan State to win so bad because they need to get to the Sweet 16 for me. Um, I think they are playing really well right now. Uh, they beat Michigan, or they and they beat Illinois, and I think I might be wrong in this. They beat either uh, Purdue or Ohio State in. The past month, uh, they're playing really well in the, right, right now, really well right now. Um, and they're just like a team we're going to talk about here in the, in the South region, with North Carolina. Um, this is this is their month. They play really well in March, no matter what. Tom Izzo knows how to coach in March. Um, I think they're a solid team. So just to recap, in my Elite Eight, I have Florida State and Alabama. Alabama is really good too. I, I think they're gonna they're gonna do well in this tournament.
1: Yeah, uh, in my Elite Eight for the East, I have Florida State taking on Texas. Uh unfortunately, I do not have Michigan State making it all the way uh, to the Sweet 16 like PT does. But uh, but yeah, so that's my pick for the East. Don't really have too much to say about them.
0: So I'm excited to watch this one solely for Georgetown. Georgetown's not a good team, but they're hot as hell. So I do have them beating uh, Colorado in the in the first round and move on to the second round. But for me, my lead eight in this round, I do have Michigan making it after beating LSU and Florida State. On the bottom half, I have Texas making its way through. I have them beating Bama in the Sweet 16. I have Texas beating uh, uh, Michigan State, hopefully if they win, um, in the uh, round of 32. So for me, Michigan, Texas, and the Elite Eight in the East region.
2: So there we go. We've got some diversity and some changes right there in our East region. Uh, we're going to move to the South region now. This region gave me the most trouble. Um, I think there's so many different possibilities. Um, I think there's a really good spread of different teams that match up well against each other. Um, Just to start off, my lead eight is Baylor and Ohio State. Um, I I think North Carolina can match up really well against Baylor. Um, But Baylor's really kind of proved to me that they can win down the stretch. They've been in some tight games where they pulled out and they played really well. Um, So I think they will be able to continue that even though they lost in the Big Ten Championship against Texas or not uh, the big 12 tournament, not the championship, excuse me. Um, so we'll see how they do. And I think Ohio State's playing well, really well right now. Um, they're going to have to go against either Florida or Georgia Tech, and then you run into Texas Tech or Arkansas. So that could be interesting too. I think this I think this is a toss-up, in, in real honesty. I think this is um, a region that a lot of people can make it to the Elite Eight.
1: Yeah, uh, so for my Elite Eight for the South, I've got Baylor and Texas Tech. I do have Texas Tech beating Ohio State. Uh, just, I ran with Texas Tech a couple years ago in the tournament. Ended up treating me very nicely, so I'm showing my love again to Texas Tech.
0: Brandon, who do you have Baylor beating in the Sweet Sixteen? Purdue. Let's go, Brandon! Yeah. That's, what do I? That's, that's across the board. Uh, so yeah, I do have uh, Baylor beating Purdue in the Sweet 16, move to the Elite Eights. Baylor making it to the Elite 8, and they are going to be taking on Texas Tech. I do have Texas Tech uh, beating Ohio State in the Sweet 16. So that's bra- the side of the bracket is going to be
2: a lot of fun. I'm excited to watch the South. You guys, you, you guys are riding my boy, Mac McClung. I love to see it. Um, I, yes, I think Purdue is going to have a good run, too, in this region. Um, they're playing pretty well right now down the stretch as well. Moving on to our last region, the Midwest. Um, obviously, I have my Fighting Illini, and I have Houston. Um, I know past that they're kind of overrated. I think they, I think they'll play pretty well though. I think they kind of have an easy draw. I mean, you're going to have to, either, you're going to have to either draw Rutgers or Clemson um, or West Virginia. I really don't see anyone coming down and kind of beating them right now. Um, and like I said, Illinois is going to have going to have a tough path. I think they got Loyola Chicago, and then you're going to, have to face Kate Coming in to considered to be the best player right now um, in college, and definitely going to be a, a top three pick in the NBA draft. Um, so it's it's going to be tough, but uh, I think these are kind of sure locks for me in my mind in the Elite Eight. I got Illinois and Houston.
1: Okay. Uh, I am kind of leaning with Pat here a little bit that Houston is overrated. I've got Illinois and West Virginia in the Elite Eight. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, Brandon, I'm right there with you. I do have Illinois and West Virginia. I have West Virginia beating uh, – Houston in the Sweet 16, and I have Illinois beating Oklahoma State in the Sweet 16 on that side of the bracket. So uh, I do have Illinois and West Virginia as well.
2: All right, moving on to the The final big boys four.
1: here, yeah.
2: This is this is going to get down to the nitty-gritty. Um, like I said, I've kind of been Gonzaga all the way here um, in the West region, so I have Gonzaga representing the West region in the final four. Um, and then we'll move down to the East region What I'll have Gonzaga playing Alabama. I think they played I mean the SEC was not bad this year um and they show they proved that they are a legitimate team and I think that they definitely could get on a roll here and um beat a couple good teams in this in this region so for on this side of the bracket in the west and east, I have Gonzaga out of the East for my final or Gonzaga out of the West for my final four and Alabama out of the uh, east. I think I said that four times, but whatever.
1: <laughs> so for my first matchup of the final four, I have Iowa defeating Gonzaga going to the final four, and Texas beating Florida State to go to the final four. So I have an Iowa, Texas first matchup in the final four.
0: Uh, for me, I have Gonzaga beating Kansas in the West to move to the uh, Final Four, and I have Texas beating Michigan in the Eastern region
2: to move to the Final Four. So I have a Final Four matchup of Gonzaga and Texas. Big Texas, guys. I love to see it. Um, and I think, you know, I think this Iowa match, matchup against Gonzaga could be interesting too. Luka Garza um, and matchup against Lucas time too, the two big-time players. and I think that would be an amazing matchup. Flipping on the other side, um, I've got Baylor coming out of the South. I've, I was all over Ohio State. Um, and I, I don't know. I just think their core group of guys are going to get done at Baylor, and I think they'll eventually advance to the Final Four for the South region. And I've got Illinois coming out of the Midwest, man. I think after they get over the hump of Loyal Chicago and Oklahoma State, I think, I think their run's looking pretty good. Um, so I've got, for my Final Four, Gonzaga, Alabama, Baylor and Illinois. Okay,
1: for my second matchup in the final four, I have Texas Tech taking down the number one seed Baylor to play Illinois. And a uh, little, little flash forward here, I do not have my winner picked yet, so we're going to be figuring that out on the podcast.
0: Time is ticking, Brando. <laughs> so for me, I do have Baylor beating Texas Tech. Texas Tech? Jeez, Texas Tech. Jeez, Pat, come on. Uh, I have them beating them them in the Elite Eight to move to the Final Four. And on the lower half of that bracket, I do have Illinois beating West Virginia to move on. So the Final Four on the um, west-east side of the bracket is Gonzaga versus Texas. And on the south and midwest side, it
2: is Baylor versus Illinois. Already, the stage is set, as they would say, and we'll move on to the national championship game, and our, we'll pick our winners as well. Um, I've, I, I just think Gonzaga's too good, and I think they'll match up way really well against Alabama. Uh, I think Alabama's run stops, and they're gonna. Uh, Gonzaga will make it to the championship. Uh, and then I've got Illinois in the championship facing Gonzaga. Uh, I think Illinois, uh, when they played Baylor this uh, earlier this year, uh, it was like their first or second game. And like I said, they, they were struggling early on. Uh, they only had plays coming from two people and now the whole team's playing really well. So I think if they are able to play all together as one team and get contribute from the bench and other players that are starters, I think they definitely could beat Baylor single handedly. So um, and then on, on top of that, this is this is this is really big for me. And I'm I'm trying not to uh, pick with my heart here. Uh, it, it's really tough when you have a team that definitely can make it here. Um, and it's been so long as well, especially with having the 2005 team that had the crazy game against Arizona that everybody knows about um, and being so close to the national championship. I, I'm going to have to go with my gut. I'm going to have to, I guess, go with my heart. And I'm, I think Illinois has a legitimate chance to win the national championship year and beating Gonzaga Um and if that happens, I think I think they can win 81 to 77. That's my final score. It's locked in, and you guys hear from me. Illinois is going to be a national champion this year.
1: Yes. Uh, so in my final four, I had Iowa taking on Texas. I do have Texas going on to the national championship, and then I do have Illinois beating Texas Tech to move on. And in my championship, because of the momentum going into March Madness and the strength of schedule as well. I do also believe that Illinois is going to win by a score of 89-84. to
0: Well, boys, I think we need to break out the brooms. Because I do have Gonzaga beating Texas to win a national title. And I do have Illinois beating Baylor for a Gonzaga-Illinois matchup. Hey, man, I got to ride with a team that's hot. Break out the brooms. I have the Illini coming home with a national title. I have them winning 79-75. to
2: You heard it from us, um, and, I, and I think um, a lot of the nation is kind of doing that, doing this as well. I, I, you know, and I, and I hate like to be on this side because obviously, like this is like a team that like I literally ride and die for. I'm so excited about. I'm a diehard Illinois fan, um, and it, it makes me extremely nervous. It really does. Um, because there is a lot, of, there is a lot of pressure on them. I think um, so. We'll see how they deal with it. And I think this year is going to be absolutely crazy. I think it's a really even board, and a lot of teams can come out of here. We've already, we've already, you guys have already heard from us. We kind of have um, some different uh, elite dates and uh, uh, final Four. So I think, I think it's going to be crazy. I really do. I'm super, super excited. I can't believe it's already here. I, I, I can't believe like if it's weird because um, I feel like we haven't had this in years but it's only been a year because we only we miss it obviously because of the pandemic um but i'll well, that's all i gotta say um hopefully we, i can announce one day on this podcast that Illinois are the national champions
1: definitely definitely just absolutely electric factory coming out of march madness it's it's the beginning uh the fun is just starting uh so can't wait to bring you guys along the ride of this March Madness. It's going to be a great time, and after missing a full year of no March Madness, it's back, and it's going to be great to watch.
0: Listen, man, it's the best time of the year. Uh, it's the like I said. I, mean, I couldn't even tell you the last time I was just excited for a playing game. Um, for this Michigan State UCLA game. Uh, so if um. If you guys are able to, head over to our, uh, Instagram, or our Facebook and Twitter pages. We did do an NCAA March Madness bracket. If you guys want to hop in and kind of compete with me, Brandon and PT, more than welcome to. We'll give you a shout out if you guys who uh, who, who comes out with the best bracket. And it's it's going to be great, man. Tomorrow's Friday. The Madness starts. And I think I remember if I heard the John Rothstein, uh interview correctly, it's like 63, 64 games, in like 18 days. Absolutely crazy to even think about. Happy we're doing it. It's, it's going to be an absolute blast, boys. Enjoy it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely enjoy it. Uh, again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, awesome jam-packed episode with Bears talk. Baseball's coming. Hawks and Bulls are done with their breaks, and it's just full-on go to the playoffs from now on. Uh, March Madness is beginning, and uh, the Madness is going to just continue to go up from tonight. So thank you guys for listening. Make sure to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all the good stuff, and to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever, wherever you get your podcasting needs. Again, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you in the next one. Peace. Peace out. Ball Tame center for has looking. Finds
0: Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Bang! It's over!
1: The Bulls win at the buzzer! Oh, he
2: way back. Over. Perks win. Perks win. oh baby! Chris Ryan. Hester under it. Into the middle with the 15 to the 20. Breaks free of the 25 to the 30.